So, as church, we want to be going through um, a, a little mini-series running up to Christmas called Learning to Live Like Jesus. Learning to live like Jesus. Learning to do the things that Jesus did. So, we've sung about it. Jesus is our saviour. Jesus is our Lord. He is the, the beginner and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is our role model for daily living. So if we want to know how to live, guys, we need to look to Jesus. And Jesus calls us to follow him, to be his apprentices, his disciples, so that he can send us out to carry on the work of his. So let us be those who fix our eyes on Jesus. Look to him. So in the, in the months or days, weeks, running up to Christmas this year, we'll be looking at, thinking about, meditating on, on the life of Jesus. And so as we look at him, we can think about the things that he did and then go, how does that apply to my life? And if we're already doing it, how can I do it better? Now today, I want to be looking at, sorry Julian, a life... Sorry, it's a conversation, an in thing. A life that looks for lost people. A life that looks for lost people. The Bible tells us that all of us are like sheep that have gone astray. That we all turn to our own way and get caught up with our things. We get caught up with what we're doing, what we're thinking, whatever. It's all about us. But, but God has made us as people to be in relationship with, it, with him. He wants us. He wants to be friends with us. He doesn't want us wandering off on our own, getting into trouble, falling down ditches, falling down holes, help, you know, getting into right messes. And so the, 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 uh, the Bible talks about Jesus being a good shepherd who goes looking for lost sheep, seeking them out and finding them and laying his life down for them. Um, another uh, verse that we're going to be looking at and we're going to be looking at this patch is, is this. For the Son of Man, so if you're up there, who's it up there today? Dave? Oh, Drew, are you doing the screen or not? Dave, Dave is. Oh, sorry, there you go. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 9 in the Bible, Luke chapter 19, sorry, verses 1 to 10. And verse 10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, we could change Son of Man to Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Because Jesus used this phrase, Son of Man, to talk about himself. A bit weird, I know. But you know what? He was God in a human body. He was the Son of God, but he was also the Son of Man. He was made like one of us. And, it, and in the scriptures, it, it talks about one like the Son of Man or the Son of Man in a prophetic way. And it's talking about the coming promised Messiah, which is a Hebrew word, which means, or is translated as Christ, which means God's anointed one, the anointed king. So different words, but it's describing Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the king, and he came to seek and save lost people. 
And what we're going to do is look at someone who's lost. He might not have realised he was lost, but then he finds out he was lost. So if we turn uh, in our Bibles or on the screen, Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. So um, I'm going to read the first few verses. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He had loads of money. That's it. Stick on verse 2, please, Dave. He had loads of money. So Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector in Jericho. Now, those who collected, uh, or anyone basically who collects taxes today even, they're not that popular, are they? But at that time, during the time period of Jesus, they were really, really disliked even deeper then in that Jewish culture. Not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he worked for the enemy. He worked for the dreaded Romans, those who came in and occupied the people's lands, who kicked them about, who bossed them about, who ruled them about. Zacchaeus worked for those that were taking control over their land. Now, the Roman army enforced excessive taxes in Jesus' day, and they employed local people to be the tax collectors. But there was no law protecting hard-working taxpayers. People were required to pay large amounts to a cruel, oppressive foreign government, and the tax collectors openly added extra for themselves. So they'd go, thank you very much, take the tax for the Romans, and then a cut for me, thank you very much. So Zacchaeus became rich and wealthy by using his position to take pretty much as he wanted. It was, and it was no secret that his wealth was gained on the backs of his neighbours and countrymen. So this left people quite understandably, overtaxed, bitter, resentful of this man who was stealing from them. But since he had the full support of Rome behind him, what could you do? What could you say? They were powerless to stop him. If you had a go at Zacchaeus, a Roman soldier would have a go at you. Zacchaeus was lost. He was lost in his greed He was lost in his wealth. He looked for wealth and finance for his security. So Zacchaeus worshipped God. No. Worshipped money, a false God. That's what he was putting his trust in and his life in, enough to be hated by other people. And you know, Whether we recognise it or not, I believe that each one of us can be like Zacchaeus. Is it not true that in our own natural tendency we look out for ourselves, or at least look out for those dearest and nearest to us, but we can be quite selfish and think it's all about me, it's all about what I need and what we want, it's about us. And maybe we can try and get whatever we can get away with. It can be very difficult for us in our natural self to look beyond ourselves to other people's lives and think they need something, they need help. You know, during the recent petrol crisis, you know, I needed some petrol. 
So I went down to the BP in the Broadway to get my petrol, joined a queue. So I'm queuing up and I'm saying to myself, be patient, Rich, be patient. And then someone drove down their car really slowly looking round as if they were lost in Debden. Oh, I don't know where I'm going. I haven't noticed this great big long queue next to me. Oh, oh, there's the opening. Oh, oh, sorry, everyone. See, she obviously thought she was, she was pretending to be silly. It was so obvious. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. But what she was doing was pushing in. She was pushing in because she was busy. She was important. She needed petrol. And then down the, the other side from the, the other end of the Broadway, this uh, big car come along. I don't know how it did it, but it just cut across, went through the two queues that were queuing and just pulled in. And everyone was like, and then these big guys just got out and just went, and everyone went, no, no, you, I mean, you, by all means. So they used their strength, their power to intimidate other people because they wanted to get what they needed. Zacchaeus was lost. He was lost in his greed, in his selfishness, in his desire for wealth and financial security. He worshipped money, not God. And we can all be lost. We might not know it. We might be lost in very different things. I'm, I wonder sometimes, what am I lost in? What are you lost in? Or what are you tempted to be lost in? I just want us to stop and pray now to, and allow God to speak to us. Now, you might go, hang about a minute. I don't even believe in God. I've just sort of walked into this place. I don't really know what's going on. But let's just ask God if he wants to speak to us. Say, Lord, is there something you want to show me about my life, about the state of my heart and my mind? Am I lost without you? Am I like that sheep that has wandered off? Are you being like a shepherd to me today, coming to find me? Are you looking for me, Lord? Come Holy Spirit of God and help us to hear from you. Help us to recognise the truth of our situation. Now going on to verse 3. It says that Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was a short man, he couldn't because they were of the big crowd around him. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. You know, we all want to see things that are going on around us. We are quite... Oh, I know it's a bit impolite, but we're quite nosy, aren't we, really? You know, we can check our social media and see if I missed anything yet. Is anyone saying anything that I need to know or hear about? Is anyone posting a picture that I really need? You know, we want to you know, find out if we missed anything. You know, if there's a crowd of people, you know, we slow down and have a look. You know, on the Broadway on Thursday, there's a, a few team members getting together, there's a few people chatting, and you can see the cars slowing down. So, what are they doing over there? What's that Jesus tent? What's that about? People slow down 
and they have a look. You know, have you ever been on the motorway and you're stuck in traffic and you think, where's, where's all this traffic? What's all this about? And then after a bit, you just drive, oh, there's an accident and there's all these people rubbernecking. We like to know what's going on. We like to see things. We like to find out about things, even if it slows us down. And this is the setting uh, that was happening when Jesus was walking through Jericho. People were flocking around Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They wanted to know about Jesus. And Zacchaeus wanted to look and know what was going on and to see who Jesus was. So he climbed a tree. Now, it's all right. You don't need to climb a tree today. We can look at the Bible. Like the Bible tells us that there's the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the New Testament. They tell us about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. If you want to know who Jesus is, we can look in the pages of the Bible. If we want to know who God is, we can look at the life of Jesus. And then we've got the whole of the Bible to discover the character of God, the complete truth of who God is and what God is like. No tree climbing necessary a bit of reading maybe, a bit of listening, stuff like that. But we can find out about Jesus. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, so he's walking along, there's loads of crowds of people. Zacchaeus is in the tree and Jesus stops, looks up and says to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Get out of the tree. I must stay at your house today. I don't know, I reckon that Zacchaeus must have suffered with a fair bit of rejection. Who'd want to be his friend, eh? I bet he was treated badly. But Jesus, this wandering Jewish rabbi, calls him out by name and brings him down. He says, I must stay at your house. Now, the people weren't too impressed. It must have been so shocking to hear it the most hated man in town, you want to go around his house and that Zacchaeus was invited by Jesus to his own house. Now that's something, isn't it? And in the midst of that crowd, but you know, Jesus knew Zacchaeus. When everyone else was rejecting him, Jesus was accepting him. He wanted to meet with him. He knew him and he knew how lost he was and he knew that he needed to save him from himself. He needed to save him from the power of sin and death. And God knows us. God knows you. He knows all about you. He knows about your lostness. And he knows that we all need saving. But do we? Do we know it? God me? Am I lost? Really? Now, as the people, um, verse 7, sorry, we've missed verse 6. Oh, all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. He's gone round his house. Really? Jesus is going to his house? You can just hear the judgment, can't you? You can hear the criticism. You can hear the bitterness and the resentment. Now, maybe you can hear a little bit of jealousy too. What's he going around his house for? 
And when he stood up, whether it was straight away or whether he stood up when Jesus was at his house, but in verse 8, it says this of, Jesus, of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he's met with Jesus and he stands up and he says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Something has happened with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' heart has been changed and transformed. He's met with Jesus in his lostness and somehow he's been found and his life has been changed and turned around. He's a different person. He was a stingy, I'm guessing stingy type man, wanted everyone's money and now He's giving it away. He's being generous. After meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus is transformed. Jesus has changed his life. Zacchaeus moved from that point and lived a different life. I believe he would have lived a fuller life, a richer life. Not material richer, but rich in his relationship with God. Because he's encountered Jesus and it changes everything. When we meet with Jesus, it changes everything. And if it, if it feels like the power of Jesus is running out on that, that transforming in our lives, that we're becoming more like our old selves and not like our new selves, we need a fresh encounter with Jesus. We need to get our hearts changed and renewed and line up with who Jesus is and not who we are. We need to journey with him, keep journeying with him, keep coming to him to be changed. And just like Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to visit our house today. He wants to visit your house. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go around your property, but he wants to come and visit in your house, where you live, where you are at home. Jesus comes and visits us where we are at, just as we are. You know, if you've got someone coming around your house, if you're anything like me, you're quickly running around, a bit of hoovering, a bit of dusting, a bit of putting all, this, putting all the stuff in the drawer. Right, that no, looks all right then. You know what? Jesus doesn't want us to pretend that everything's all right. He wants to walk in on our mess. He wants to take us just as we are. It's only in true openness and honesty before Jesus can he really sort us out. If we try and hide things away in drawers or in cupboards, oh, Jesus, you can come in to the living room, but oh, don't go under the stairs. Like, he's not going to help us and sort us out and set us free and truly find us from our lostness. If Jesus, if you feel like Jesus is knocking at the door of your life, let him in. Welcome him, him, mess and all, and he will bring a change and a difference. He already knows who we are. He already knows what kind of state that we're in. He's not going to be shocked. He's not going to be surprised. He's not going to go, oh, dear me, how did they ever think of that? He knows it all. He's seen it all before. But guilt and shame will stop us coming to him. 
and stop us being open and honest with him and others because we think, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. He knows. He knows. And there's a way out. And there's a way of freedom. And there's a way out of lostness into a place of true home and true security. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? If you know you need to be saved today, rescued today, that you've fallen down a pit, you're in a ditch, the good shepherd wants to come and oik you out, are you going to let him do it? Or are you just going to lay there bleating? It's Jesus' presence. It's Jesus' love. It's Jesus' compassion that will lead us to do things that we never thought we could ever do. He changes lives. He transforms them from one degree of glory to the next. He who begins a good work in us will carry it on. He is faithful. All we've got to do is cooperate. All we've got to do is trust and believe in him. All we've got to do is say, you like you be Lord, you be in the driving seat, you be the boss of my life. I've tried and I haven't done a very good job of it. Okay, you have the steering wheel. Maybe that's something you want to do right now. Maybe you want to somehow express a prayer that says to God, find me, have me, take me. What you know? So I'm, I'm going to pray. And if you make it your own prayer by saying, in your heart, yes, I agree. I want that. Then that's a prayer of faith that you're believing. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come and meet with me. I hear you knocking on the door of my life and I invite you in. I need you to rescue me. I need you to save me. I need you to heal me. I am lost and broken without you. And I've heard that you're the one who rescues and saves. So come and do it. Lead me out of my lostness. Lead me out of my darkness. Lead me out of my brokenness. May I know even now your love and your presence in a fresh way. May I know your acceptance of me. Please change my life. Lord Jesus, begin and carry on a good work in me, I pray. Amen. Jesus came to seek and to save lost people. And he says to those who believe in him and follow him to do the same, to do the same. Jesus wants his church out and about, in the streets, in the offices, on the buses, in the workplace, where he basically wants you to be wherever you are, seeking and saving lost people. How can I do that? How can I do that? Well, he's given you some eyes and he's given you some ears, natural ones, and supernatural ones. You can look out for people. You can notice them. You can sense the compassion and love and the presence of God in you. Why, why, why is that person on the bus bothering me? Oh, God, do I, what do you want me to do? 
and talk to them. Ask them how they're doing. You know, simple acts of love and compassion. Get yourself over the line. Pray for boldness. It's not always going up and saying, do you believe in Jesus? But who are you? How are you? Call them out by name. Get them out of their tree and go around their house and love them and bring the truth and presence of God to them. We can make things more difficult than they are. Just the compassion and love of God and bringing the truth to people. You know, so many of us feel rejected. So many of us feel lonely. So many of us would just love someone to take an interest in us, but there's part of us that doesn't as well. You know, this hurting world needs people that are going to love them in Jesus' name. And that's us, church. That's us. Jesus wants to send us out to seek out the lost people. You know, Philippians 2 says, if you have received any encouragement from Jesus, if, if, if any comfort, if any love, if any encouragement, then make my joy complete, says Paul. Be like-minded. Go out with the same love, comfort. If you've received anything from God, even a tinsy little bit from God, well, yeah, no, I can t- yeah, no, then go and give that away to someone else. And you'll get more. And go and give that away to someone else. Church, we've been sent out by Jesus to seek and save lost people. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20 says this, and with this I'm coming into land. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus commissions us. He calls us to follow and he sends us out to be like him. Jesus came to seek and save lost people and he asks us to do the same.